0: bible is actually 40 years old and it was presented to this church almost to the day 40 years ago when it opened up and started so this was a gift to this church a foundational gift given 40 years ago it's not bad is it to actually have that is a tremendous keepsake and something else that's quite interesting in it is that the uh, elders that gave it to the church at that time, they've actually signed in the front of this. And uh, there are quite a number of names there. Some of us would know those, but there's a name in here called David Tompkins. And to have someone sign the foundational Bible 40 years ago, that's four decades, and serve in one house for 40 years, is absolutely positively amazing (laughs) can you say amen that is incredible and so i think we're going to drag david in he's here is he you already got him so we're going to ask david to come out to the front and i know he'll he'll be cross with me for doing this uh it's There's a a little card there. And we've also got a gift for him. And it's actually quite an expensive gift because we think we need to honor value with value. And uh, we're trying to make it something that's symbolic. So it's one of those things that's like a built-in weather station. It's got a barometer and a thermometer and a clock on it. But here is a man who's stood through all seasons. And uh, the good times and the bad times, and just continue to serve this house. I think for most of that time in children's ministry. Yeah. Yeah. And so that is just an amazing thing. So God bless you, Thank David. You. <clears throat> <clears throat> you want to say something, David? And his daughter's in the house, too, which I think sir Thank you. It will be. It's easier when you've got uh, glasses. <laughs> Can we get a younger person to turn on the microphone? Do we have a younger, younger? P-
1: <laughs>
0: oh, oh, batteries are dead. Come close.
1: Don't breathe too deep.
0: <laughs>
1: Sweet whispers. Um, this is what not. I w- was not expecting this. Uh, our church, your church, my church, started in 1967 at the old ambulance hall up on, um, I think it's called Hobbs, down past, down past the um, off church in the roundabout by the TAFE, going at the back there. And the pioneer pastor that started it, um, he, he picked up a bit of ridicule because it was the end of the railway line. And then on a, uh, the Bible studies used to happen in the old Buffalo Hall, which is opposite the. It's not working. Opposite the fire station, okay. Testing. Uh Nathan's back. Thanks, Nate. Thanks, Nathan. And uh, I, I had the privilege of um, coming to the church six months after it started. I was just a little tacker. We started in 1967. And, and through the journey, like Pastor Micah said, you see times of growth, you see times of when people that you thought loved the house and, lo- and were called to the vision have left. And you see times of growth numerically and spiritual s- times and, uh, and, and, and you know, and if anybody has left, it's probably my fault. Cause I've been here the longest. You want to blame someone. It. It's my fault that they left. We'll cause there was probably the something else I could have done. Or if they stayed, you know, I've had even people say to me, have you been coming here very long? You know, um, probably shouldn't say it cause it might go on the MP3. But I'm 61 in November. Oh. So I've, I've been coming since, since I was 16. Wow. And I have every reason to leave. I have every reason to stay. Yes, and I can remember wonderful testimonies, uh, sorry prophecies of like this church was, that was going to be planted here was going to be at the crossroads, and that was th- that prophecy came out when we were in the old Buffalo Hall, and used to be a railway line between Armadale and Fremantle, and Armadale Road is the old railway line to Fremantle. You get out to Forestdale on the left hand side past the sports, sporting complex. You can see railway sleepers as fence posts in there. There was a railway station out there. But what I want to say is this, that this prophecy said that our church would be a church that would influence the world. Mm. That people would come, people would grow. Now we could say we've been there, we've done that. Or, or whatever. But when our my youth pastor, Jeremy Griffiths, came through, who was the son of the lead pastor, the pioneer pastor, Joe Griffiths. When, when Jeremy first came on site here, I asked him, what, what do you think about the move from the hallowed ground at Six and Forest over to here? Because if you've been with the journey for a while, there was a bit of, you know, some people didn't like the idea of the move. Mm. And Jeremy said this, he said this, he said, every generation must possess the vision. Mm. So the challenge I throw out to anybody that's a little bit younger than me <laughs> is that we all have to possess the vision Hallelujah. to go forward because our God is a God of the miraculous. Of the p- he just wants to do great things. Hallelujah. And my concern is that, this is just my personal story, But if I had left, I could have found every excuse to leave. Mm. I wanted to make sure that my baby went for God. Because every reaction has a reaction. That's right. Okay? So let's cut the crap. (laughs) Let's cut the stuff which holds us back. We're talking about Olympics, okay? Australians are good at getting silver. (laughs) But I liken myself to Rocky's wife. Rocky won the fight, but his missus picked up the check. And Jesus has won the fight, okay? And we are more than conquerors, more than gold medallion winners if we hold true to the faith of Jesus. So I just want to encourage you. It's not about me. Every generation has to possess the dream and the vision, okay? And and just thanks so much, thanks for having kicked me out <laughs> okay Thank you so much bless you, you.
0: Uh, that 's uh, very special uh, i 've never been able to do that before, and i 'd like to do it again and again and yeah there 's always easy to we 're actually going to celebrate another hero today of probably a very different sort. And uh, she's probably going to be very annoyed with me as well. Uh, We have a lady in the house that you probably, most of you may not even know her name. She's just a faithful person who has uh, given most of her life to caring for her aged mother. And of all the things that you can do in life, she has just faithfully stood by year after year looking after a mum who needs a daughter. And so, Doreen, I want to honour you today as a hero. I want you to come forth. And uh, we have something for you as well. This lady is a hero. It'll never get on the TV. It'll never be up in the headlines. But you have just done the most amazing job year after year after year. And, uh, you know, you can look after me too if you like. (laughs) It would be fantastic. So we've got a little gift for you as well. And uh, we have bought you a little treasure case with some gold and pearl earrings in there. Because you are a pearl and we value the incredible thing you've done. You've been faithful. And no man, no person has a greater love than this that they lay down their life for someone else. So God bless you. Stand and honor this lady. She's done an amazing thing. Bless you. Thank you for that, everyone. We've been in the book of Corinthians for a a bit of a series, and I have been away on a bit of a holiday, uh, mainly working around the farm and cutting down dead trees and doing all the stuff that goes with a bit of a property. Continue to pray for my wife. She's uh, not a well girl by any means. And uh, we are still on a journey just to try and see if we can uh, assist her in getting to the other side. So God's good. He's in control. And uh, we still believe God's going to do a miracle there. It's also great to have uh, Dr. Ashley Crane in our house. We just want to honor Ashley and Debbie as they're here today. He always comes and I'm preaching just to make me feel a bit nervous. So uh, we've been looking at 1 Corinthians. Incredible book because it's this book that deals with uh, the church of Jesus Christ. And sometimes as Christians and sometimes people out in the world, they have this very naive slight view that Christians are full of perfect people. (laughs) <laughs> if you've come more than one week you know that's not you and that's not i we have no perfect people here um i remember this incredible story it was a 60 minutes program and they're interviewing some drunks these drunks live in a dumpster under a bridge in new york city and as they're interviewing these drunks they are saying how can you live in this dumpster you know it's full of stuff says, but what you don't understand, we have a good dumpster. We don't stay in those other dumpsters behind the Chinese restaurants where they pour the noodles over you. Ours is a good dumpster because nobody puts bad rubbish in this. We get more aluminium cans and we have our standards. Everybody has their standards. And in our little survey of 1 Corinthians, Last, last time I ministered, we tried to do divorce and remarriage and singleness in the one sermon, and I only upset half of you. <laughs> the rest weren't probably listening. <laughs> so in 1 Corinthians 8, we're moving on to a whole chapter. It's dealing with something that's a little bit different, and so just to try and create quick understanding, with your permission, I'll read it from the message version. 1 Corinthians 8. In your letter... You asked me about food offered to idols. All of us know something about this subject. But knowledge makes us proud of ourselves while love makes us helpful to others. Knowledge makes us... Is that what the Bible says? Knowledge makes us... While love makes us helpful to others. In fact, people who think they know so much don't know anything at all but God has no doubts about who loves him. Now, even though food is offered to idols, we know that none of the idols in this world are alive. After all, there is only one God. Many things in heaven and earth are called gods and lords, but really none of them are gods or lords. We have only one God and he is the father. He created everything. We live for him. And Jesus Christ is our only Lord. Everything was made by him. And by him, life was given to us, just to correct the facts. But not everyone knows these things. In fact, many people have grown up with the belief that idols have life in them. So when they eat meat offered to idols, it bothers their weak conscience. So when you eat meat offered to idols, they are... Oh, I just said that, sorry. But food doesn't bring us any closer to God. We are no worse off if you don't eat. We're no better off if we do. Don't cause problems for someone who has a weak conscience just because you have the right to eat anything. You all know this, so it doesn't bother you to eat in the temple of an idol. But suppose a person with a weak conscience sees you and decides to eat food that's been offered to idols. Then you know you have destroyed someone that Christ died for. That's pretty serious, isn't it? When you sin... By hurting a follower with a weak conscience, you've sinned against Christ. Isn't that a strong statement? Let me just say that again. When you sin, by hurting a weak follower, you sin against Christ. I don't want to do that. So if I hurt one of the Lord's followers by what I eat, I will never eat meat as long as I live. Let me just give you some very quick background. We've only got about 12 minutes to go, so it's going to be a short sermon. Background food sacrifice to idols. Most of us reading 1 Corinthians chapter 8 would probably not have a whole lot of understanding what's going on. So, in that time, in a, in a Greek city such as Corinth, if you went down to the marketplace, there would have been a temple almost on every street corner. And they would have had their own sacrificial system, just like the Jews would have had back in Jerusalem. And, of course, more meat's coming in the front door than is going out the back door. The gods can only eat so much lamb chops, okay? So what they would do is they would then sell the surplus meat. So your local butcher was actually attached to the back of the temple, that's a bit of a problem because you know that someone's taken a little bar land up to the front door and they've dedicated it to this God or whatever. The prayers have been said over the particular thing. It's been killed and it's cut up and then you want to buy the lamb chops. Is that okay? That's the deal, all right? So uh, can you eat this meat? So this comes into the area of what we might call as questionable behavior activities. And that has tended to change over the years depending on your culture and your history. We used to have problems over whether Christians can go to the movies. That's still a problem in some Christian countries today. If if I'm traveling in India, I'm ministering to pastors in India, I should never, never, never say to them that I go to the movies. Mind you, I I generally don't anyway. There's nothing to watch. But you, you, you get the point? It's a sin in India for a Christian to go to the movies. We used to fight over long hair. Now, some of us just want to have hair. (laughs) But that used to be a big deal. You know, his hair's down to his shoulders. We used to fight over things like circumcision, jazz, music. I mean, you listen to some jazz, I can understand. (laughs) Uh, Halloween, drums in church. Have you been around long enough to have gone through the drums in church controversy some of you aren't over it okay <laughs> fantastic <laughs> still think it was mixed bathing you know boys and girls swimming together so over the years there's been many things that have been cultural and historic that have touched on this issue but one thing we need to know is paul's giving us some teaching here and he tells us that knowledge makes us while love makes us helpful to others Who wants to be puffed up in themselves and who wants to help others? So let me quickly tell you this. First of all, when ministering to people, it's better to use your heart than your head. When you're coming towards someone, you don't know who they are. I pray that as believers, we'll know how to engage our heart before we engage our head. We are meant to let them know that we love them we should care before we correct and as pastor bob reminds us over and over again people do not care how much you know until they know how much you care and that's the truth my very first sermon i still can't tell older people what happened for some of the young people that she remembered that i got trapped in a back room and i needed to go to the toilet before i preached and had to use a coffee cup to relieve myself. While they were singing, there is a river of life coming out of me. (laughs) I thought, this is how I'm starting off, my illustrious ministry. It could not get any worse than that. My second sermon was a whole lot later. I'm preaching for a little church in North Katoomba and uh, i am just terrified i'm a bible college student i do my absolute best i give an altar call and this young lady comes down to the front responds for salvation i'm saying yes jesus thank you lord fantastic she was about 16 years of age and she was wearing hot pants does anybody remember what hot pants were Did you ever wear hot pants? (laughs) I haven't. I want to tell you that, right? Put that on the record. I have never worn hot pants. She came out the front crying in tears wearing these black tight hot pants. She makes a decision for Jesus. An old lady in the church comes up, wraps her arm around the lady, and the first word she hears is this, Honey, if you want to come to church, you can't come dressed like a slut. I'm glad to hear a few olds there because the old lady didn't get it. The old lady didn't get it. She was about correcting before she could build the bridge of caring. And who knows, that's not the way it's meant to be. So, when approaching people, use your heart and not your head because knowledge makes us proud of ourselves while love makes us helpful to others. So, it's really this whole deal of legalism versus the liberty that we have in jesus christ if you are free in jesus then stay free it was for freedom that christ set you free to quote galatians but paul has three people in mind when he's thinking about the church of jesus christ he has precious people in mind prudent people in mind and he has pharisees in mind the precious are the young ones, the ones who don't know a lot about the kingdom yet, the ones who don't have strong standards. These are people who don't yet know a lot, but they're precious to God. They're not yet fully cleaned up. They're not fully polished, but Jesus Christ died for them. He wants to see them grow and be sanctified. And Paul says, when you're dealing with precious ones, make certain that you love them first before you judge them. I thank you that we come to judge Jesus and not judge Judy. As much as I like Judge Judy. Because <laughs> she just say, You're an idiot. <laughs> but think, aren't you glad that when you come to Jesus, that He's there to love and accept you? All is forgiven. Come home. The one reason why people don't come to church is because they met a Christian once. It's true, isn't it? I've got enough problems. <laughs> So precious people, they're young, they're developing. Please, let us always be able to work out where are the precious ones. Then there are the prudent ones, or what Paul calls the strong believers. These are people who love first and challenge later. And even then, I found it's so much better to let the Holy Spirit do it. Many, many moons ago, my first church, we had a young man get saved, long hair, came out of a drug background. I mean, he had long hair when it was very unfashionable still. And, you know, the elders are saying, you need to talk to him about getting his hair cut. He's been saved about four weeks. Get your hair cut. I just felt, I don't want to have that conversation. And then uh, about week five, thank you, Jesus, he comes to church and he's got his hair cut off. And I asked him, what happened? I'm really hoping one of the elders didn't quarter him in the car park, you know. And he says, oh, I was just praying the other day, and I just felt the Holy Spirit told me it'd be good to get a haircut. I'm saying, oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Isn't it so much better if we just love people and encourage them if they ask the question rather than judge and criticize us putting our standards on? But Paul, he said we should love first and then challenge. And then there are the third group are the Pharisees. These are people who judge people by high standards which they themselves can't keep. G.K. Chesterton calls them the hard, cold, thin people. Paul himself was a Pharisee of the Pharisees. He knew what it was to keep the law. He knew what it was. But he came to the outstanding revelation that knowledge makes us. But love helps us be good to other people. I want to be a person's position to help others. We are God's representative. We are. We are God's ambassadors. We are. We are God's PR team. We are. We are God's social media. We should not confuse essentials with non-essentials. It's our job to attract people to the God that we serve, not drive people from the God that we proclaim. Romans 14 gives this advice. He gives this sensitive advice to the weak, the strong, and to both groups. And he says this in Romans 15, chapter 1. Listen to this. Listen, listen. We who are strong. Now, just sort yourself out. Am I precious? (laughs) Am I prudent? Or I'm Pharisee? right? I hope most of us can put us into that middle group, which is the strong. Okay? So then this scripture is talking to us. Okay? We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not please ourselves. Isn't that incredible? So when I come along and I see a younger brother doing something like, I don't know, they're listening to Eminem. I used to think that was a chocolate brand but then they had put W's in there as well. I was so confused. <laughs> Listen to Eminem. And I come along and I say, Yea, verily, thus saith the Lord, Thou shalt not be listening to satanic, uh, satanic music. What I'm actually doing, I may actually be hurting them. I may actually not be helping them. I may actually be not fulfilling We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak. Now, hear me. I am not saying we condone leaving people where they are. I'm saying let's be like God who works with you where you are, who loves you, who gives you hope, who says you can make it, you can do it, who will lead you and show you the way and give you the ability to live in victory. And he does that by showing up in my life and saying, I love you, Mike, and I've got a better way for you isn't that a better way to do it so many years ago i messed up really badly i like to think i'm a reasonable bible student and i had done some bit of research on john chapter 14 and the old king james says in my father's house there are many mansions if it were not so i would have told you and we had this lady in our church many many years ago that's why you always need at least two churches the one you can tell stories about in this one (laughs) Because sure enough, the day you tell it's the day they visit you from the old church. You know, they sit in the front row. But we had this lady in our church. She was an incredible, just faithful servant of the house. Would show up over and over again. And she didn't have much. Uh, You know, it was quite poor in many ways. Working class, you know, living on a pension. And I was just amazed how much God used her pension to just bless the kingdom. It was just amazing. Over and over again, she'd... She'd be, always be the first to say, let me buy a chair for your pastor or let me put something into the building fund. And one of her favorite passages was John 14, verse 1. In my father's house, there are many mansions. And she'd come up to me and she'd say, oh, Pastor Mike, you know, it's okay. You don't need to say thank you because God's building me a great mansion in the sky. You know, it's a beautiful mansion. It's got, you know, gold this and pearl that and it's jewels. And I'm sure I've got this great thing. And so I couldn't help her. Because you know what knowledge does? It makes you proud. And so I thought I'd vomit out on her all my knowledge. So there I was. Well, uh, we'll call her Mrs. Smith. Mrs. Smith, uh, you're wrong. You don't have a mention in heaven. If you actually understand the Bible there, it's actually talking about in my father's family, he's made a place for you which is, I think, so special, so sweet, that God's made room for you in his family. When we talk about the house of Jacob, it's not a physical house. He lives in a tent. He's made a space for you in the family. He's adopted you into the beloved. So I'm giving you all my great wealth of knowledge and stuff. And as I looked at her, the Holy Spirit just convicted me. I said, Mike, you've blown it. You have just offended her. And stolen something from her. Yeah, you know, that's not good for the kingdom. I've just shown off what I've known. I've just said, I'm better than you. I know more than you. How does get God get glory in that? I could have shut my mouth and given God praise. Hallelujah. I've been amazed over years now how often I can actually glorify God by saying nothing. <laughs> like changing feet. <laughs> God is an incredible God. So, hey, if you want to eat meat, if you want to be a vegetarian, it's okay. I've actually did some ancient Greek study, Pastor Crane, on the word vegetarian in the ancient Greek. And they've done all the etymology around all the dictionary work, and they've found out that vegetarian in ancient Greek was literally bad hunter. not true by the way it's a joke (laughs) it just was a good joke anyway. (laughs) when people come into the life of the church of jesus christ i pray that they'll find prudent people that know what it is to build relationships of care guys you've got a right to talk to people about their belly button rings their nose rings their tattoos their t-shirts if you take them home to lunch first <laughs> see what i'm saying yeah that, that that's where you can have a talk to them about those sorts of things uh, when we when we show that we care it's amazing then how more powerful our words are just take the hand of someone next to you. we're going to pray father we do thank you that someone shared the gospel, the good news with us so many years ago. And Lord, that uh, you placed people around us at that time, Lord, who encouraged us and helped us to find the way through. Lord, I pray that you would just work in all of our hearts, that you would help us, dear God, to be those that would build genuine relationship of caring before Lord would ever criticize. Lord, over these sensitive issues of whether you can go to the pub or get a tattoo, these sorts of questionable items, Lord, I pray that we'd understand that the freedom that we have is actually the freedom not to do this stuff, to actually choose the ethic of love rather than the ethic of conforming to culture. Lord, we can actually choose to do that which is best for those that are watching us. So, Lord, I pray, Lord, that we would never be legalistic, that we wouldn't be bound. Lord, you came to destroy religion and give us a relationship that's powerful and real with you. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let me just talk to you before you go very quickly about whether you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Most people do not understand the gospel, the good news. It's good news it is very good news some people think that what church is all about is coming along and conforming to a list of rules a creed and just if you do all the right rules then you get to heaven well that's not the case it's not about conforming to a list of rules neither is it just a simple transaction where you give god your bad stuff and he gives you your good stuff and that's all about it that's all it is there is a great transaction involved. You give him your sin, he gives you his righteousness. You give him your pain, he gives you his wholeness. You give him your sickness, he gives you his healing. There's a great transaction involved, but it's more than a transaction. It's also much more than just a transport ticket to heaven. You know, I'll just give my life to Jesus and that way I don't have to worry about what I happened when I die. Hey, it's a great transport ticket to heaven, but it's more than that as well. And it's more than just therapy. It's more than just come to Jesus and He's going to make your life okay. He's going to take away your pain. He's going to take away your misery, your depression, all the hurts. He's going to wipe away your tears. Jesus is a wonderful healer. But it's more than therapy as well. Essentially, Christianity is an offer to enter into a living relationship with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. It's about a transformational relationship that as you enter into that, it will constantly lead you to growth and develop and to change you. Is anyone here who would say that since God's been in your worth, you're a better person? That he's changed you? That you're actually nicer, kinder, more loving, more generous? That's, wasn't, that's not how I started this. I started as a very broken damaged individual and jesus has been so good to me that's the gospel that you actually enter into meeting jesus christ king of kings lord of lord he reaches out with his hand and says let's do life together that's the good news that's excellent you don't have to do it by yourself he's going to help you if you've never actually ever understood that before and you've never actually made that decision to be introduced to Jesus. He is real. I am just so amazed right now. Some of you may know I've had, a, I've had a daughter. I still have a daughter. She's 17 years of age. She's in church this morning, another church. But my daughter's gotten saved. She was raised as a pastor's kid. She sat in this church, listened to, her, listened to this fellow up here over and over again so many times. We're driving home the other day and uh, she's just started a beautician's course and there's a group of ladies, girls in this course. And she says, Dad, you know, I'm not trying to be judgmental, but what are those girls? They just talk so trashy. I thought, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> she says, you know, all I want to do is talk about boys and you know, shallow stuff like that. She's listening to... So, my, my son says... That she's ten times better and she's singing that song amazing grace once I was blind but now I see do you see it yet do you see him do you see the hand of God in your life because otherwise you're blind you can't see it. you can hear all sorts of things but this is only something for insiders. And today you have an opportunity to become an insider. Just where every heads bowed, nobody looking around, the saints of God praying. If that's you this morning, we are not asking you to join a church. That's not what this is about. We are simply asking you to whether you want to actually start this relationship with Jesus Christ that will begin today and will continue forever and ever and ever. If that's you this morning, one, if you just slip your hand up, and I'll pray with you. I'm not going to invite you down the front. I'm not going to embarrass you. But it will be my joy and my privilege to pray with you to receive the gift of eternal life. Jesus loves you. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that no one need perish but have eternal life. God bless you. There's a lady over here you may put down your hand. Thank you.